Hi, everybody. It's uh, late in the spring now. I know where I am. It's about uh, 40 degrees out today. And I'm recording this intro on uh, Easter Sunday and during Passover. And I wish you all very happy holidays. This episode is with my old friend, not old though, uh, Nikki. I knew her as Nikki Seeley. She was now Nikki Glossfeldy. And she lives in Florida, address unknown. And um, Nikki and I grew up, pretty much grew up together in our early 20s when we were just pups. And uh, we're dating each other and actually we're engaged to each other. And uh, we lost touch for a very long time. And um, she reached out to me a couple of years ago just to get back in touch. And um, so uh, it's such a blessing to uh, come full circle with old friends. Uh, together, we experienced the loss of a dear friend of ours, Eric Treston, and uh, he was part of our uh, threesome friendship. And um, it's kind of weird to be in this world without him, but um, it is just a blessing to be back in touch with Nikki, who is a mother and a wife and a spiritual guide and healer. And that's really what we touch on in this episode is how she helps people uh, get from one place to another from getting in touch with their feelings to take them on the journey of self-awareness and how she herself became self-aware and uh, realized that she had the uh, blessing to be a vessel for others to uh, give the strength to them to lead them through journeys that are challenging tough and ultimately rewarding so uh this is actually our longest episode because katie and i were so enthralled with the story that nikki was telling us and I hope you are as well. So sit back, relax, and take this spiritual journey with our friends. With the one and the only, I've been very excited for this. For for Nikki, how do you, you say Glaffelty, right? That's right, Glaffelty. Right, right. And you Big are one. in Florida, mm-hmm. right? Orlando. What part of Florida? In Orlando. Orlando, the outskirts of Orlando, like Oviedo. Yes. Oh, yes. I was just there. Is that, is that Kissimmee? No, forty-five no. minutes away from Kissimmee. Yeah. So, it, not to it's be ignorant, Sydney. but it's it's Orlando where I mean Orlando's where Disney World is, right? Yes. And are you like right there? Like you could go there, like in a hop, skip, and a jump type of thing. We could, but we decide not to. My kids are way too young. Like we are just, we're like, we're not anti Disney. Thank, we're just like, we don't need the drama and the trouble right now <laughs> with, with what totally. Disney could bring. So totally. we go to the outskirts of Disney, like Disney Springs. It's like a mm-hmm. free kind of little I love markety. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it's just, it's kind of mad. It's a lot of crowds. There's still a lot of people, which. Well, I was going to ask, were you, 
where you are, is there a lot of traffic, like tourists and all the time type of thing? No, not where no. I'm at, not in Oviedo. That's why, like, we're in this, like, little, sweet, little, precious, like, uh, <laughs> utopia of place. Oviedo is, like, well, we're actually not right in Oviedo, like, right out the outskirts of Oviedo, but um, the people here are, like, divinely nice, so genuinely authentic, n- nice people. Um, you know, you don't hear any horns, um, you know, yeah. people be horns, people are, they always let everybody in. Even the cops are nice. The first week I was here, I got pulled over. I was eight and a half months pregnant with my second child. And I was going like 50, I don't know, 60 and a 45. They're very particular about your speed limits right. around here. And this guy in a motorcycle, motorcycle cop gotta love him he was super handsome he pulled me over and he said and he said um he looked at my license that I had just moved from Charleston Goose Creek um South Carolina and he looked at my license and he said he didn't even I don't even think he saw that I was pregnant but he goes oh you're from Goose Creek and I was like I'm all nervous I have my you know two-year-old in the back I'm like oh my gosh what did I do I'm gonna get like you know pulled out of this car or something I don't know right he was from Goose Creek. Oh. And he goes, I've never pulled anybody over that was from Goose Creek. He goes, so you are free to go, ma'am. So, wow. Oh. And that was my introduction to Oviedo. Hmm. And it's just been, it's so nice here. So no, we don't get the, we're not trapped by the tourism. We don't really get that traffic. Um, but we're, we are next to all like the major highways and stuff. It really is a, a really perfect little place <laughs> to, to raise kids. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna push the rewind button. Hold on, I'm still holding it. And now we're going all the way back to a story I was thinking about that you told me. Um, actually, you probably told me when we got back in touch a couple of years ago, and uh, and that was all you're doing. And I, you know, that was amazing that you reached out, and that was very nice. It was just like you know, it's it's it. That's kind of like the whole impetus of this whole podcast is to not only get to know people that you just like friended on Facebook that you might have went to kindergarten with, but to get back in touch with people. And even before the podcast, you know, you did that. I thought that was really magnanimous of you. But the story I was thinking was, you're in um, um, the Syracuse, New York area, right? And one day, you decide to get in the car and drive, right? And you mm-hmm. wind up in Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. Is, so mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I'm skipping many steps and many rest stops. But um, <laughs> what what was your thinking back then? Like that was that I think about that story a lot because it's really inspiring. Like it's kind of like you just kind of said, "I'm gonna." Did did you first of all? Did you know you're gonna wind up in Georgia? No. Well, uh, did I know? Um, I actually thought I was gonna end up in Florida. I thought Georgia was gonna be a stopping point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you just like in New York, you just get this feeling that everyone just goes to Florida. Like Florida is just mm-hmm. like this cool mm-hmm. with palm trees, like this magical place. Like Georgia's was like Georgia was just a, a southern town, but Florida right. is like the right. place you want to live, you know. The so I think eventually I thought I would go there, but I had like no money. Um, the, one of the reasons why I I, I I even did the trip is I was selling cars in Watertown, New York. And though I've always been really good in sales, it just was a crappy job. I worked way too many hours, didn't make any money. And I was just, I had some un- very unfortunate things happen. I had a roommate who was 
stealing money from me and he she stole my identity um whoa i mean just you know drama just stuff i don't even need to get into but like just stuff where you was like my life was just no going nowhere i just didn't know what was next and i needed to get out and just i sold everything i had which wasn't much but everything i had and i had a little hyundai accent at the time and so i remember just like piling up i was 20 one 22 something like that put everything in garbage bags um and so I filled up this, my little car with tons of garbage bags and just drove and I remember my my brother gave me a 50 dollar um gas car which back then it was a significant amount right yeah, wasn't going to get sure. me there but especially with a Hyundai accent and but little did I know that mobile gas stations stopped at about like Virginia or something like that um, there were just was now there is, but there, at, at that time, there just wasn't any mobile stations. And so I had maybe like, oh my gosh, a couple hundred bucks to my name, yeah. maybe 500 bucks. I don't know, just a couple hundred bucks. I don't know what it was. And I just, on a wing and a prayer, you know, when you're young, you just kind of, you just have confidence that, you know, you're going to work something out, you know, For sure. how old were you at this point? How old were you when this was going? I think I was 22. Okay. I want to say 22. So I was young. I still had, you know, a lot of courage and bravery and, you know, hadn't been completely. (laughs) Yeah. So I just moved down and I, I went to Savannah first. Um, Stinky Savannah is what I call it. It might be very pretty, but what people don't realize about Savannah is it's very stinky. They have a, they have a, a pulp and paper mill there. Yeah that makes wow. paper and uh, if you've ever been near one of those it just emits the, the worst smell ever mm. it smells like uh rotten eggs and so that was my um yeah it was awful it was my first introduction to savannah and i stayed there for three weeks didn't have any luck there but i did try out to be a dj on a radio station and i got hired and i was oh, so wow, excited I didn't know that. It was two and a half weeks of, of not being able to find a job. I was doing this door-to-door sales, selling water purification systems to people. This Wait, is all the boonies. Me, yeah, let me hold. Let me hold. You So did you wind up in Georgia because you ran out of gas? <laughs> uh, no, no. Okay. Um, Wait, I had, so, so I, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. I, I really, I'm curious. Yeah. So I stayed in Savannah temporarily because when I was in, I lived in Connecticut right before I moved to Watertown as a nanny. And the, um, when I was there, I met this gay friend who he and I became really good friends. He moved to Savannah and he had said, if you wanted a place to stay just for like a week or two, you can, you can stay with me. So I knew I had like a resting point for a couple of weeks, but I was on his couch. It was very comfortable. It wasn't, like we had a lot of fun in, in Connecticut, but like it was a very different story when I got down there because I mean, you know, here I am pulling up to his place, wanting to crash on it. You know, I mean, it's just an uncomfortable yeah. situation, but yeah. I didn't think I was going to be there very long. I'm like, I'm going to get a job. I have so right. many remarkable skills. Right. It's totally going to work out. Well, I ended up selling water purification systems door to door and did awful at it because it was just, it was just awful. And I saw, I got lost in Savannah and I pulled into this parking lot and it said on the outside, uh, 
on-air talent or hiring on-air talent or something like that. And I was like, oh, this sounds amazing. <laughs> right. That sounds like uh, something you would like. Yeah. I had a little ham in me. I got a little ham. Yeah. So I went in there. I, I wasn't dressed for the interview. I didn't have anything on me. I was like, listen, let me just interview. And I, I could, I could hear my voice during the audition. I did great. I nailed it, you know? And, <laughs> and she said, yeah, you know, we would love to have you. You're, you have a nice voice, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. There was one huge problem. She said, okay, so we're just going to have to have you, you know, set up with HR and, you know, do all the rigmarole and all that stuff, but we'll need your license, your Georgia license. And I paused and I knew right then and there, I did not want to launch into the whole story, but I drove down from New York to Georgia without a driver's license, without any license. Like my license was revoked. Whoa. <laughs> because I um, had too many speeding tickets in a 18 month period. Cause I was sold, I told you I sold cars for a while. So you used to have to drive cars back and forth from two different dealerships. And I had gotten, tickets all the time driving these little fast hot rod cars um and so I got too many speeding tickets got my license revoked and didn't even think that that was going to be a problem to drive all the way down to Georgia without a license I had no license driving I was like so stupid like again the beauty exactly you know try turning down the volume on your computer we're we're feedbacking oh sorry no that's all right How's that? Is that better? Um, yeah. Is that better? Yeah, yeah, that works. That works. I can't, we can't hear it anymore. That's great. Okay. Wait, so you drove down without a license. So, so wait, can I just say that like the, the, um, it's kind of like, um, where, where we left off back in the nineties, um, yeah, a hundred years ago. Um, (laughs) it's kind of like, it's that same type of, um, feel that same type of story because, you know, um, Katie, you might not know, but uh, Nikki and I had a very good friend named Eric, um, who was part of our like threesome. Unfortunately, he passed. Um, but um, uh, we did like this. Like if if I wrote down all the memories and stories, it'd be like, no, obviously this is fiction. Like nobody does this. So the fact that you drove <laughs> down to Georgia without a, with a revoked license or no license is like, yeah, of course, that's just par for the course during that time. I mean, I, I think I just, you know, I definitely felt like there was a, a, a larger purpose yeah. at play yeah. and yeah. nothing was standing in my way. And, um, I mean, I think if, as you've labeled me in the past, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty persistent and tenacious with things. You? So, <laughs> so I get one track minded and that's it. So anyway, I was so excited. This woman was want, willing to hire me at on the spot. I remember sitting in that chair and I was like, holy crap, I just got an online, I mean, um, on air yeah. uh, DJ job. Like to me, that's like a dream job. Right. Yeah. And then I had to break the news. I was like, well, I don't have a license. I don't have a, I think how I said it was, I don't have a Georgia license at this point. And she goes, well, can you, you know, can you get one? And I go, that might take a little while because I don't have a New York license either. And then it's just kind of, he goes, she goes, well, unfortunately you, there's so many, you have to, as on-air talent, you've got to do a lot of um, 
what do you call it? Loc on location things. You know, you got to go yeah. to places yeah. and with with everything. And she goes, unfortunately, we just can't. You know, we can't hire you if you don't have a license. And I was like, oh my god. So that's when I knew I had to leave Savannah. That was it. Savannah was yeah. done. Um, it was almost a great opportunity because I I look think back at that time and I think if I had gotten that job, I would have stayed in in broadcasting. I just knew like that would have been a really yeah. good career. I just feel like it was, I was so excited about it and who knows what, where it would have taken me, but I got the paper. Cause back then people just didn't have like computers and things like that. Certainly no, no cell phones yet. Uh, I got the newspaper and I looked up Atlanta. It was the Atlanta constitution, the Atlanta paper. And I looked up like childcare positions. Cause that was my fallback, even though it wasn't what I wanted to do forever. It was a thing I could do for you know, to make some money. And, you and had there was a ad in there, nanny, right? You would have the experience because you were a nanny before. And right. So that was right. natural. It was a natural progression. I had a degree in early childhood education. I had oh. nannied. I had a lot of certifications. I mean, I was like, Oh yeah. At that point on a resume on paper, I was like the perfect nanny you know you were Mary Poppins to hire. I, was, I was a little Mary Poppins but in my heart it wasn't what I wanted to do you know forever yeah. but um I saw this little ad and it said free room and board for an exchange for six I can't remember this 16 hours of child care wow and I thought wow. okay very specific and I was like okay so it was a daycare not a great one that had two rooms in the back and its own little apartment, I guess, you know, a little laundry room, little, and then you live there and then you, you did 16 hours of daycare at this bilingual um, daycare. And then you got to work and do whatever else you wanted to do. And there was a, another woman there, a little Asian, Asian, very nice um, young lady there. Her name was Miho. She was a bank manager at Bank of America. I remember that. Wow, my memory is just like kicking in here. Yeah, it's amazing um, how it comes back to you. I know. And so then she and I lived together for like six months and she taught me how to cook Asian meals. And, um, I got another job as a nanny in Buckhead and, um, you know, part-time, but loved it. That was my, that was my landing pad. For right. A while. Wow. That's amazing. And, and so in what, what town was this in, in Georgia? The daycare was in, What's the address? Um, no, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I don't even. I promise no, you. What, I, what I mean, what I'm trying to get to, what I'm trying to get to is, you were in Georgia for how many years? Oh my gosh, twenty four. Oh. So, wow. so that's okay. what I'm getting to is like, so you landed in Georgia. You didn't think you'd stay that long in Georgia. You didn't have a plan for it. Um, what made you want to stay? Was it just? Did you love it? Was it inertia that the years just kept coming, or what? You know, what 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 brought you? to kind of stay put? It's a great question, Jeff. I think I know. I love the fact that I created this whole new identity and life away from my family. Now I love my family, but it was like, when you're that young, you only get to have one, you know, you get one uh, example of, you know, culture, family experiences, people, you know, it's like, and so now I'm, I'm nannying for all these, you know, very well-off families and I'm getting to know different ways of living and different cultures and different languages. And 
I was becoming like a, just a completely different person. I was becoming educated in a way that had nothing to do with academics. Right. Basically, right. you know, and I was growing as a person. I was learning who I was and away from my family and my passions. And, and that's how the spiritual journey began is that I didn't have anybody to, to box me in or put a framework around what things I should try, what things I have access to. Atlanta was such a huge city. So I just tried everything. Um, I, I started writing a book at one point with a, with a psychotherapist wow. um, soon after I got there. And then I never heard from him again after I sent him all of my, all of my really? writings. <laughs> yeah. Oh my There's probably some book out there uh, that has a bunch of my stuff in it. Who knows? Well, as you know, the South show rides again. So, yeah. so, so let me ask you a question. Um, if you don't mind, what was the book about some of your spiritual journey, some of your spirituality that you do, some of your healing that you do? It was, but this was at the really beginning stages of me becoming, you know, awakening to all of that. So it was very fresh and new to me. So it would be a very different perspective than it would be now in my life. But yeah, so he was, um, he was a hypnotherapist and a psychotherapist and I was writing on, if I remember, I was writing on um, like Kundalini experiences, which I'd had one so, right around that time. Oh, yeah. For our list. Okay. So, so now we're yeah. shifting towards Katie. So, so, so I'm going to let you take over Katie. Well, no, I was just going to ask. I don't, I don't know any of these things. So me neither. As, 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 somebody who's just meeting you and obviously for our listeners do you want to just kind of start at the beginning of of this like it sounds like spiritual journey you've been on and where it started where you are now and and what that looks like for you as i'm super interested to hear me too well not to be completely obnoxious um and i certainly don't want to come off this way but i think my spiritual journey started when I was a little girl. Um, well, I, you know, <laughs> you know, it might be cliche, but it's cliche for a reason, right? I think we yeah, all, yeah. We all I mean, my version of spirituality is the other day I was meeting with somebody who um, was very challenging. I knew that ahead of time. And I, and I was like, oh, you know, on my desk, I have a rock, a little rock. This is not namaste. And I was like, I'll just yeah. carry it with me. And if they piss me off, I'm going to throw it at their fucking head. <laughs> That's it. That's basically what we do spiritually. We just throw things at people. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, so please. So take, you know, walk us through it. Yeah, please. Um, okay, so, gosh, I mean, this is going to just sound wacky, but when I was a little girl, I, I could, I had an imaginary, well, as a girl, I thought they were imaginary friends. They were just my imaginary friends. And my mom knew of them, my family knew of them, but um, as I got older and, and, and grew into my intuitive abilities and could <clears throat> see things and hear things that I, you know, not everybody could at that point, or that I knew, I didn't know anybody that could, I realized that those are my spirit guides when I was a little girl and they stayed with me. Um, you know, I, I want to say until I was probably about, uh, not that old, maybe five, maybe five or six. And so I couldn't see them, right? I, as a little girl, I don't remember, like, I, it was, this isn't like a schizophrenia, like mental illness thing. It, was, it wasn't like I couldn't 
physically see them, but I just kind of knew they were there. Right. Um, and so anyway, so that was my beginning journey, but I didn't know that that was, had anything to do with spirituality until I was much older. So my spiritual journey started uh, at a place called Shalom Mountain, which I'm sure Jeff remembers. I remember that. that Where was that? Yeah, it's in the Catskills. It's there they great. are. <laughs> there they are. There's the, there's the voices. The feedback is, sorry. When we talk, it's like this huge. Like, a, it, from your computer, my voice is coming through through your computer, Nikki, and therefore it makes me sound like the great and powerful Oz. So, <laughs> like, don't look behind the curtain. Archangel Michael, is that you? Yes, yes, yes. No, so so where was Shalom Mountain? That that was in west, Western New York, or no, no? It's the Catskills. Okay. Um, uh, I can't remember the exact little town that it is, if you can, it might come to me, but um, it's a wonderful, it's still running. It's still a wonderful place. It does really deep healing work. That's actually where I had all of my first experiences spiritually about that I wanted to become a healer. Like I had such a profound experience there one time that I felt radiate heat radiating uh, in the core of my being up through uh, my, the top of my head down to my first chakra, like just yeah. like I felt like somebody had put like a really, really hot rod in the middle of my body and heat was written. I it was because I was talking about, I was having a conversation with somebody else about um becoming a healer one day. And it was just kind of like a throwing it around. At this point, I was 21, I was not thinking 22 maybe wasn't Nikki, even can thinking I stop about you that. For a second? I just want to go back a second. Okay, so when you were um when you were a child, did your family have a faith that you followed or that you practiced at all? Did you have a foundation of faith that you either, um, you know, built off of or turned from, or, I mean, so what was that? That's part one of my question. And then part two, if you could kind of explain and define what you mean when you say become a healer, just, you know, so everybody can kind of understand where you started and then what that means. Yeah. So we grew up Methodist um, and we actually were, uh, when I was a child, we were actually quite active in the church. Um, I was in youth group and I went to Bible study, but Methodist is kind of like a really watered down kind of religion. It's, it's not, you know, Catholic, you don't, there's not a whole lot of set of rules when it comes to certain stuff. It's just, you know, you talk about Jesus and, you know, you have a, you have a (laughs) super, uh, um, you know, he's the, he's the guy. And so <laughs> the raised to think. he's the guy, um, and my, you know, my parents were really active in the church and stuff. And it was just for us, I think it was more like of having that community and having that family, um, other families, you know, to support each other. Um, so it wasn't something I was running from, nor was it something that became important to me to hang on to either, either way. It was just I think I'm really glad I had that. I hope to have that with, with my children as well. Just some kind of sense of community and some sense of, of well, higher being because it helps me. Yeah, to that point, I just I, it, it raises an interesting conversation and not to, not to totally derail us here because I want to get back to your definition yeah. of healer and where you, so I don't want to go too far off, but I just had this conversation actually with some family members of mine that, you know, I think the generation before us, so our parents, um, so I grew up 
in a Pentecostal charismatic Pentecostal, uh, Christian church. Um, so when you say Methodist is watered down, I'm like, Oh yeah, Methodists were quiet people. My people are nuts. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, so I just had this conversation with my mother-in-law who they, they come from more of a, a Baptist background and um, just this conversation about community and how the church is so important for community and leave it to my sister-in-law and I to kind of buck the system and say, well, we love our faith and we love Jesus and we love our, you know, our foundation of, of what we believe has not changed, but our definition of what the Western church has become and what the church has become now is very different for our faith system, then it like for, for our parents in that generation, it was very much mm -hmm. like the church is your faith. The faith is your church, right? Mm -hmm. for us, we're, our, our conversation has been, and I've had this conversation with many friends actually that have, have been in the church and grown up in the church that it's, we are the church. So the community mm. is what you build, right? And so your foundation of faith and look at, I think there's a time and a place for organized religion and, and, mm -hmm. Uh, not to go there, but I, I just, it's an interesting dynamic that you bring up that, that, that what you got from it was community with or yeah. with, and I, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful in saying this, but with or without Jesus. And so, yeah. right. Like that's so important, but that was our, our not argument in a negative way, but our discussion was, yeah, community is important, but that's not what my faith is hinged on. And so yeah. my community, my church is what I can make of it. It's not showing up for a potluck on Wednesday nights, right? So it's this, right. this, this kind of turning that whole idea on its head of what the Western church has become. So, sorry, I, that's a little bit of a tangent, but when you say community, I think yeah. that it's such an important aspect of people's faith systems and, and to talk about that in relation to and apart from their faith is important. I agree, I completely agree. I mean, the, it is interesting that that's what stood out for me as, as that, those are my best memories is getting together you know, during the summer or on, I think it was Saturday nights for youth group and yeah, um, with all the same, and I grew up with it, you know, up until my parents got divorced when I was like 12 or 13, that was, it, it wasn't, uh, it was just part of our life, mm -hmm. you know, we weren't, you know, we'd say grace at home and things like that, but we weren't necessarily you know, reading the Bible or anything at home like that, you know. I just want to say that, like, for instance, my religion isn't um, hinged on Jesus either. So go on. <laughs> so, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 um, so then you take the spirituality, the community away from it. And how, how, how did, how did you start from going from that to kind of the big push of like, you know, getting, I, I, you know, just because I know some of your history also, like you were always into like inner, you know, child spirituality, but like, as you got older, no, no, I'm saying as you got older, it seems to be that you, you've not only, you know, paid attention to your own healing, but now you actually help other people heal. How did you get to that? How did you, it's kind of amazing that, if you think about it, like not only did you, did you, did you identify that within yourself, you identified you could help others. That's a really good awareness, Jeff, because I think that's, that's like the progression of how it works. Like, we're, first of all, we're always working on ourselves. Like, um, there's just, you know, we're, you know, right now I'm working with do some shadow work, which is really deep work, but like your inner child work and all that. I was interesting to hear. I can't remember 
offhand, but it's great to have you, you know, remember that, that I used to do that back then when we were together, because I don't remember, I remember. that, but, um, you kind of start out knowing that there's just something internal that needs to be looked at and need to be made aware of, aware of. And then at, at some point, and that was my experience at Shulam Mountain, that one particular time was when I had that Kundalini experience, which is what that is, is when you just have just really strong energy being radiated in your body. And you don't know what it is, by the way. I, I had no idea what this was. I didn't know, you know. what was happening to me it's kind of like a moment where your spiritual side and your physical body are becoming aligned in something and I was lucky enough to know that I was in this conversation with somebody about hey maybe I'll become a healer one day and it was just it was just that it was like a very, it wasn't even in depth it wasn't it was just that and all of a sudden my body went you know well can I actually can I so you were inspired by somebody else being a healer or no, no, you were inspired to be one just from your experiences. I think people were talking about, you know, career paths and what they wanted to do. And it, I yeah. was desperate at that time to think about what I wanted to do. What really yeah. was my passion, but it wasn't children were still my passion at that point being a sure. teacher. And so I hadn't, I didn't even know what that meant to be a healer at that point. It was just that when I was having this conversation. Yeah. So what does it mean if you can? Mm. So it's a way it's, it's, it's a way that someone can facilitate healing in, in you, in, in their client. So, um, there's nothing that I have that my clients need. It's, I open up the space for them to recognize what needs to be healed, what's ready to be healed in them at that moment. So it, it requires, it requires to really to remove yourself, not just your ego, but your, your, your issues, your stuff, you know, in the middle of a healing to kind of remove yourself from any, anything to be completely available for this person on on your table or you know wherever you're doing the healing can i ask a question um, what um is it doesn't doesn't it take a lot out of you too though to to like or no or or i mean well well for instance like no matter what you know i think i think <laughs> at least i can you know from knowing you katie from knowing myself like we're not a healer to your level but i think we're you know i guess the new word is empaths right i think we really try to like and and as you know, I noticed over the years, you know, as you both know, I work in religion and I noticed over the years, the prayers are now not just for the people that are going through something, but the people that are supporting them also. So they, they say, you know, please, please, um, you know, God, like, please be there for the person that's ill and please be there for the people that are um, helping them through something because yeah. that takes a lot. And so what I'm saying is if you're helping somebody go through a journey right? Cause it's a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. that takes a lot out of you too, doesn't it? Even though it's not about your journey, but you're, you see what I'm trying to get, or yeah, am I just, I'm, or I'm are totally you just like, or are you just like, nah, I do it. I have a smoke after I go to the next one. <laughs> it is a big responsibility to take it on. And you learn through 
through experience, just like any other job or career, that taking care of yourself has to be number one. So grounding yourself beforehand, emptying out the vessel, and then clearing and grounding your body afterwards is like essential. Now, in the beginning, I didn't know that. You don't know that in the beginning. You're just, you're winging it. You're getting information. You're intuitive. You're getting information about other people. So you don't really... Right. You wait. You have to. You 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 need other healers to say, hey, 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 hey. You can't just like jump in. You've right. got to. You've there's a procedure almost, right? There's like a yeah format you got to do um, to protect your energy and to be the clearest vessel you can for your client. But, but uh, do you, you always start? Is things, the, is there? Geez, I don't even. It's like I know what I want to say. I don't even know how to say it. But I'll just try. Is is there? a standard way like oh we do this for level for part one that we get to part two or is it always different i mean i get like is there a framework you try or is it always different it's the intention behind it so the intention is um like getting myself ready to give a healing or the same for massage when i would when i before i gave massage it was very similar because massage is all healing work as well um you, you just, you want to be able to, to not only protect yourself, it's not just about protect what you, but as a part of it, you want to be able to remain who you are. Your energy is your energy and their energy is their energy and keeping it very separate, but also right. um, staying connected. So it's really just about staying connected to source is what we call it. And I guess that's what I call it. I'm, there's a lot right. of different names right. for it, but source energy. And that, Whoever you use as a healer, everyone uses different angels, different um, uh, I don't know why superpowers are, that's not the word I want to use, but like you want to connect like you know I connected to Archangel Raphael and Archangel Michael and and Jesus sometimes and Mother Mary and you know there's different ones I want to use. So wh- whoever you're using and just source energy itself like, that really should be your your go-to for your support, if that makes any sense. So staying connected, daily meditation, clearing your energy every day, even when you don't have clients, when you don't have appointments, kind of keeps your connection just really crystal clear. So when you do connect into the source and you're ready to do your healing, you are fully available to be of service. And that's, that's the intention. It's like you just want to be of service. It doesn't mean that like this person's going to be healed, quote unquote, right? right? It just means that like I'm showing up as as available as I possibly can to ignite some type of healing for you, like so you can ignite some kind of type of healing for yourself. So, um, and- a question, and I I don't mean this to sound disrespectful in any way. It's just a, a, a trying to understand the process. So, could somebody then therefore like? What I want to say is, why would they need you? But I don't mean that in a, you're unnecessary. I mean, yeah. in a, no, you know what I'm saying? Like if, yeah. if, if, if somebody's seeking healing and if they, if you're saying you don't have access any different than they do, like why, why couldn't they do that themselves? What, what is your, do you know what I'm saying? I, it's I do know what you're saying. Coming out, a, I hope you know what no, I mean. No, it's a great question. And the, and the truth is, is, is the answer is they can, we all can. 
All of you can, everybody can. We all have access to uh, uh, healing, our own healing, to become a healer. It's just a matter of some people have kind of been shaped a little bit more for it. People that are called to be healers. Because I think everyone's like you were saying, everyone is a healer at some level. It's just like, is this something I want to develop? Is this something I want to look into? Do I feel really called to it? To well, and to I think be, that it's like that with all of our, you know, what what I would, you know, and and you know, the terminology I grew up with, with the gifts that, you know, in in my faith system, and that what I believe, you know, there are people that have gifts to help others, and the gift of 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 physical healing, or the gift of knowledge, or the gift of prophecy, right? All those things that I believe come from 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 God, right? Um, yeah. So you know, it's just it's an interesting it's fascinating to me because it's, it's not necessarily different. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, the, the goal is the same, right. But it's just, it's just interesting to see like how other, uh, other it's faith systems or other, you know, other spiritual journeys get you to that spot of, what are we seeking? Are we seeking, you know, healing from a higher power? Who is the higher power and where do you believe that comes from? And, you know, I know where I believe it comes from and what I, where I, you know, get my strength and all of that. But, um, so it's, it's just fascinating to hear, you know, your approach and, and yeah. there's a whole other world. Yeah. Cause I think the, I think the, the awareness, the overall awareness is that we all have our own uh, capability of, of healing ourselves it's just we, it's going to take it's going to look different for, for different people you know so it might not be uh you know considered or called energy healing to other people but the ultimate goal for sure is when i when a client comes to me is that i want to have them become um more aware of who who they are where are they feeling pain i don't just mean massage wise but energy points yeah coupled nikki with with some conversation, uh, you know, jumping from the, from the, the, uh, from the church world to the therapy world in, in, in private therapy world, I've done some EMDR with my therapist, mm-hmm. which is, um, <clears throat> I don't know what the, do you know what it stands for? Jeff's looking at me like I, I'm plane. I, I no, I've never heard of it. You know what it is. Okay. I do know what it is, but I don't know what it stands for. So Jeff, what, you- what EMDR is if, if, say you have a, a, a memory that is as, as a trigger for you. Okay. So, uh, for example, oh, I just looked it up. It's eye movement desensitization and processing. Okay. So, so basically you hold, or you can use tapping met there's different methods, but my therapist would have me hold these little vibrating, uh, maneuvers. Right. And so you'd hold them and it would, one hand would vibrate then the next, and it just goes back and forth and you close your eyes and it ultimately, it, 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 it basically replicates, uh, REM sleep. Yeah. Right. Oh, when yeah. you're awake, it replicates it. So when you dream and your eyes are moving, it unlocks certain things in your head. Uh, now this is well, the least technical way to explain this because I'm not a therapist. It's or- something about like, it, it's, it's, um, it's processing both sides of your brain yep. to desensitize the trigger. Right. So, oh, so some trauma that you've had, Yes, you can go back to it temporarily, tap into it, and then right. uh, have the other side of your brain kind of like 
so, so the way my therapist explained it, Jeff, I, this is the way I always explain it to people is that basically I've misfiled a memory, right? Like, yes, trauma existed. It's not saying that that's wrong. It's saying now, whenever I see a cat, I go, this is, I'm just using it. Oh, I see. But that cat's not going to attack me. But maybe when I was four, a cat attacked me. So now every time I see a cat, I have a physical response. So I've misfiled cat instead of event. Oh, that's so fascinating. The way that she, that's just the way she explained it. Now, I don't have any issues with cats. I'm just using, but she, you know, it's kind of like a misfiling or your files are kind of a mess and you need to reorganize those, those memories. Anyways, I bring that up, Nikki, because I'm just curious, like with that type of, you know, a form of healing, or I would, mm-hmm. I would consider that a form mm-hmm. of healing for myself oh, or yeah. experience that as a form of healing. That with that comes a lot of conversation, comes a lot of um, memories, comes a lot of therapy. So in your work, is that part of what you're doing? Because I would imagine it's difficult for somebody to come in and say, well, I've identified a thing I want to be healed from. I'm going to lay down and we're just going to heal it. Right. Like there's got to be some work in conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So the biggest difference is I'm not trained in that at all. I've had it done with me, but I, I don't, I don't do it, but the theory is the same. So the difference is that that's just very science-based and I'm all for science. I am a, I am an energy healer and a, a, a true advocate for, for science as well. So that has a, has proven records that people, um, a lot of scientific research has done on that, on that procedure. And it's it really effective on people. Um, so the only similarity would be is that there's just different ways to access memories and trauma and whatever the whatever someone is ready to access. So you could come in and say, okay, Nikki, I really would love to deal with this, you know, memory of when I was five or this trauma, or just, you know, I want to be better in relationships or, you know, whatever it is. And we can always put it out there like this is the intention. But what comes up on the table would is the is is what happens. There's it's like uh like you can't sign a waiver saying, well, this is definitely going to be worked out today. Right. And this is what right. we're going to be able to access rates. Right? Like, okay, we'll, we'll see what happens because, uh, because in the spiritual world, you know, there's no timeline, first of all, so that you have to access things in a different way. But, but also what's, what that person's ready to deal with might not be what they're, they know they're need to deal with first. You know what I mean? So yeah. if I need to deal with this thing at five, well, I tap into spirit and all of a sudden I hear uh, she needs to be dealing with, you know, she needs to feel this anger first or she needs to be in touch with her sadness and grief first or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't always get all of the answers. I just go, I might hear, okay, we need to go here mm-hmm. first. We need to do, and sometimes movement is involved. I might need to move part of their body to get the energy, you know, unstuck, but um, you just never know where you're going to go. So hopefully like, hopefully both people's intentions would, would, would match up. But what I do, it's, it's not going to be as exact. What, um, what, what makes somebody contact somebody like you than a, just a psychologist? Like to talk through things instead of like, you know, a psychologist, because like, um, yeah, that's my question. Yeah. Um, well, probably your background. Like if you're just, yeah. you're not comfortable with, you don't know anything about energy work. Um, and if somebody, you know, 
referrals are probably the best way. But I think I think people are awakening to a a, a deeper meaning to things um, in the last I would say ten even fifteen years. So I think that there's a there's a curiosity about it at least. So I welcome anybody who's skeptical or whatever because it doesn't really matter. We're not dealing with thoughts and brain yeah. and logical thinking right. here. And that works. So um, the fact that you're curious and you know, you think maybe there's something to this and you want to just be curious about it because it's really all about awakening something in you. So if you're coming to me and you're like, I don't really know about this crap. This all sounds kind of hokey pokey. Great. That's a great place to start because now we can get it all on the table. You know, I wouldn't want anyone to show up. Uh, you know, I want them to be as authentic as possible. That's the only way we're going to really access things anyway. You know? Right. And so, so one of the thing, one of the things is that, um, and I think I've told you this before is, you know, you are an old spirit, right? You are, you are somebody I believe that is just so in touch with the natural universe and, and somebody that like, you know, th I'm not surprised at all that you are a healer. Like you are that person, you have, a, you know, like you said, and, and Katie, you've said this before about your writing, you know, a vessel to put out you know, like you put out energy to people and help people, Katie, you put out words, you know, you know, I think from God um, into words. And, and the fact is, is that like, you know, you are an old spirit. So when you talk about people awakening in the last 10 years or so, you know, I think you would have done well in like 1969 or like, you know, the 1800 or the early 1800s in the Renaissance or so, uh, 1700s in the Renaissance or something. So I'm just saying that, like, I think you've been around for a while. I think I was there. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I saw you there. I was like, can you step aside, please? You know, so, um, but, but the fact is, is that, um, I don't know where I was going with that. That was just kind of a compliment. But the fact is, is that, um, like, so also are there places that you find more energy than others? So I know within the last year, you went to Sedona, Arizona, right? And mm. so, like, do you, did, did you feel, do you feel a difference in different places or, or, is it just that you're able to be isolated in this place? So therefore you're able to focus more. You're talking about Sedona specifically? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say definitely both. Cause I got to get away from my family and my, I mean, I love my family, but like I, had got, I got to be alone for seven days. <laughs> and right. so a mother of, of two toddlers, like that just never, ever, ever ever happens so just being away for seven days uh to sleep in and to wake up is just absolutely a, a blessing and to be able to, to you know hone in on my on my own stuff but i absolutely felt the vibration of, of sedona it's very powerful those mountains are like oh like yeah. yeah people live there i mean it's just so it's just so amazing that people they, they live among this beauty and this uh, well, one of the things you did, if you remember, one of the posts you posted when you were on, I mean, not that you were always on Facebook when you were there, but one of them was that you were like at the gas station and you were just filling up gas, bringing it all back to gas, right? And um, <laughs> you, were at, you were at the gas station and you were like, you took a picture and you posted, you said, I can't believe that people just like pull in, you know, to the local gas station. There are these mountains, you know, and it's just like they live here. It, it was so fake to me. Like I was just imagining a couple at home and right. uh, the wife goes, Hey, I need some pickles and we need some 2% right. milk. Could you go to the store and on their way, like they, as they're getting into their car, driving down the street, they're passing these like literally under these 
a majestic, like, you know, four or five huge mountains. And like, that's their environment. That's where they yeah, live. It's amazing. You know, it's like, so crazy to me. That that's well, I remember when it. I was in high school, I went to Sedona and I think I told you that um, I got this um, necklace, but with the stone, my, I, I think I forgot the there's a name for the stone. I don't remember, but the guy, he was a native American. He held it up and he said, I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm centering it to the mountains. And he said, and what he said was, I, I almost forgot about this. What he said was, you're going to, you, you need this power and you're going to lose it when you don't need it anymore. And I wore it for yeah. years. And then I remember one day I was like, where, like, I literally, it was gone and I, and things were going really well for me at that moment. Yeah. So. Crystals are and, so And then he's in Arizona like, like and steam. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's putting it on. He's yeah. right. He's like, give me my necklace back. Finally, I'm back. Right. But yeah. But so there are there back. are places you can feel more, you know, I don't know, vibrations or yeah, more, I don't know. I what think it is. so. I think and I think it has to do with it's like anybody, you know, anybody can feel that way too. But I think for someone who um you know, I'm, I'm not living like the, the truest life of, of, of a healer and a massage therapist right now, because my, my focus is just kind of like being a mom, unfortunately, 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 you and four years old, you're in the trenches, sister. I'm in the trenches. So I don't, you know, I'm not seeing clients. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm healing in a different, a different way right now, a different format. Um, but I can, uh, I think where my sensitivities pick up is like right now, I don't know if you guys know anything that's going on planet planetary wise, but like there's solar flares that happened a couple days ago. Do you guys know about the solar flares? So I'm no. really sensitive no. to solar flares. And, and so I, it, it ignites some very um, irritability in me. Some, sometimes it comes out as passion. Sometimes it comes out as irritability. Um, and so, so how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you know that's happening? Like, do you get a, like a alert on I your phone? See, that's interesting. Cause I used to be in the world where like all that was a daily lookup. Like I would just would, would talk to people and I would know where I'd see what was going on. But now what happens is it's kind of like a training method. Now what happens is I feel it. I feel like I feel a little, a little weird right now. And then I look it up and I go, Oh, for the last 24 hours, there was like four solar flares or whatever, you know, I go, oh, so it's kind of the reverse. So it's not like, you know, yeah, I'm finding out it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. I think my sensitivities kind of um, are, are just tuned in a different way. My tuning fork is different now. So now I, I'm, when I'm around certain people, like I don't like crowds. I don't like loud places. Um, that's why Disney World is like way out. And I see, I see. That makes wow. sense. That makes sense. And then, and so to to kind of pivot, um, one of the things that you know our listeners, well, I'm sure they put it together by now. But you know, you're a very strong, independent woman. But also, you know, you know, also, you know, you have a loving family and stuff. But one of the stories I remember, and I think I saw the article at the time when you shared it with me, was you led a revolution in your high school, right? Like a like a protest about something, and it, do you remember? The you, yeah, not <laughs> a revolution. I make it sound like layman's, or you know, like where she's on the barracks <laughs> or something. But you did, right? You you led you 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 did a protest of some kind. Yeah, I did. Well, so I was. Uh, 
I was very new to this school, this high school, and I was 16. Uh, I think it was my senior year. So I had had a really bad act, car accident in my junior year and I was out the oh. entire year. So I didn't really know. And I only bring that up is because I don't, they didn't really know me. A lot of these people, I didn't grow up with these people. I'd only been there three weeks before my accident. And then I was out the entire junior year. So I didn't go back until my senior year, really. And like the first couple of weeks of my senior year, um, I was hearing like rumblings of people like talking about some new rules that the principal had told everybody that we couldn't do. Remember, when you're 16, these things are important. So we couldn't wear hats in the classroom anymore. And I was a kind of a fashionista. I was, this is when wearing polka dots and cute little hats were like, that was my thing. Um, you couldn't chew gum in the classroom, all stuff that makes sense. But again, going back when you were 16, I thought this was complete BS. And there was a couple other rules too. Excuse me. And then, and everybody was up in arms about it. It was a brand new thing from the principal. And I remember sitting in homeroom, um, thinking to myself, this isn't, this isn't right. Like we need to stand up and do something about this. I don't know where that came from. Like, I don't know why I thought this was, I was going to take a stand, but I, I went down to the main level of the, of the school. And I just told everybody and they listened to me. Like, this is like so crazy (laughs) to hear from the story because I honestly did not have a plan. And I really didn't think people were going to listen to me. Um, But I told everybody to sit down. I said, and don't, we're not going into classrooms until we can talk about these rules to the principal or to whoever, superintendent, whoever it is. And until then we're having a sit in and no one's going to class. Now, I don't know where that came from. I literally just was like, I'm going to be boss lady today. And people listened. Like there were people, I wish there had a picture of it. People were like sitting on the stairs all the well, way wait, down the hall. Well, you do it. You do have a picture of it. Cause that's the picture, the article. I remember the picture of people up against their lockers, like sitting. I do have a picture of that. Okay. I, sh- I that's good to know. I would, would like to have that picture. Um, yeah. Maybe my mom has it or something, but yeah. Yeah. So, and there were people that, and not everybody, I mean, there was definitely students stepping over us, you know, to get into the classrooms and, you know, I mean, not everybody thought this was a good cause or, or wanted to listen to me or thought that I was that important or whatever. So certainly it wasn't the entire school. It was just enough, enough people where I thought, wow, this is really happening. And it went on for like a couple of periods until my principal had, who had, was standing in the corner of, down the hallway in the corner with his arms crossed the whole time, staring at me every time the periods would change. And I could see, you know, maybe a few more people would stand up and not sure if they're going to keep following me or not. He would just stand there and like, look at me like, what are you doing? Like, again, I was a new student, so I wasn't, wasn't anybody that people really should have been listening to, to be honest. Like, I don't know how it happened like that, but Eventually he, he did one of these, you know, he called me with his finger yeah. over yeah. and I don't remember what he said, but something, you know, like we need to shut this down, you know, we need to shut this operation down. And I got suspended, uh, for a couple days. I got on the news, you know, which was, you know, for me, it was a huge deal. Cause I love that. Um, and my mom was a big, you know, protester back in the sixties. So she was super yeah. proud of oh, me. Oh Yes. And um, yeah, so that was that story. That was kind of like my my rebel face. 
but but I, the reason why I, br I bring that up, I purposely bring that up because people listen to you. You led people. You influenced oh. people. You inspired people. So so it's not so the connection between doing that and you becoming a healer, um, although different. You know, one's protesting and standing up for something. You're 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 actually leading people through something, right? Okay. And so you know, from a very young age, you know, um, you know, even though when we're 16, it doesn't seem young, but now it's very young, is, is yeah. you, you knew intuitively how to lead people. And, mm -hmm. and now, now you're leading people through not just, you know, standing up for their rights, but also really trying to get in tune with who they are. And, and I, I would say 75% of people go through life, not really knowing who they are. But, but you do, and I'm sure it's a constant journey because nothing's ever end until there's the end. And, and um, so, you know, from a very young age, you were really, you know, inspiring people to, to like walk them through something. And that's still what you're doing to this day. Wow. Thanks, Jeff. I never thought of it that way. Well, that's, really... that's what I do. That's what <laughs> that's I do. That's a really great compliment. <laughs> yeah. I think I really do like to lead people to a, a greater awareness of whatever you know of things back then it was you know right rules and you know now it's their own inner internal awareness but well and and to Jeff's point I think it's for all of us there's going back to just this gift that you clearly have right it's it's a matter of what we do with what we're given and what how we kind of channel those gifts and, and, you know, it, it might look different. It might be a, it might be a sit-in, it might be, it might be healing, but if you have that, that, what I would believe is a God-given gift to, to lead and to speak into people's lives and, and, and touch people's lives in a way that brings them to a, a place of healing or a place of understanding and greater awareness, then, you know, I think that it's, it's all what we do with those gifts. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I think it is connected. I think Jeff, while you're surprised by that, Nikki, I think he makes a, a very obvious observation for those of us on the outside that, you know, it's easy to see from the outside, those, the way our, our gifts are woven through our lives when you're in it, it's a little bit more difficult because, you know, you're, you're, or in it. And, and you know what, what also just hit me, what also just hit me is, um, as you know, I'm going to be like 25 soon. And um, now, so I'm going to be 50 soon, you know, and um, you know, that I don't feel it or anything like that, but it is, you know, in my mind, something. You're, like, you're, you're 25. Okay. So, so the thing is, no, no. So, so the thing, no, 25 so wasn't a good year for us, Jeff. No, no, I know, but I'm glad you just said that either. because Wait, but what I was going to say is, and I'm going to be vulnerable to our listeners for a second, is the fact that I think because of that independency and that leadership and that spirituality, I don't think I was even knew what to do with that at that time. I'm just like, this is huge amounts of energy from this person, huge amounts of like talent and energy and leadership and spirituality. And it like, for me, I'm like, well, what, you know, I'm going to Blockbuster. What, what movie can I buy? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, like I didn't. I wasn't there. I'm there now. I'm, I'm able to appreciate it now. So if you no. um, so <laughs> the thing is, is that is, you know, it's, it's, you, you really have that going for you, even though you might not have even know how to harness it yet. 
you had it. And yeah, that was strong to not. be around. Yeah. Well, let's, I mean, you were a powerhouse back then in a very different way. Um, different, different. I, I, yeah. I was following you around trying to, you know, measure up to your. Yeah. Reputation. Well, I was following you around. <laughs> oh, yeah? this, all, this all devolves. Oh, into yes? so, yeah. Right. So, so well, thank you. I'm that gonna... was very nice. It was very, and Katie too, to what you were saying, it was very nice for you to to give me all these compliments. Yes. Well, amazing. yeah, that's, yeah. You're like, can we do this again next week? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um, so towards the end of our interviews, what we do is we do a session, which we call kind of like inside the actor studio um, and ask oh, you okay. some like inside the actor studio type questions. But the first thing is I want to touch on is, and we talked about it right before we started recording is that for our listeners, as you've heard in some podcasts, Katie and I had um, um, a theater company called Gaslight Theater Company. And we did an enormous amount of productions too. And, um, um, and um, we had fun for the first one. The second one made us close the company. But the, the, but the reason why it was called Gaslight, it was the first play I ever directed. And so I named it Gaslight. And Nikki was in that show as one of the lead actresses. So it all comes full circle. Oh. Right. So, so, I'm, but one of the questions I'm going to ask you, and I've asked you when we've talked one-on-one, I'm going to ask you, you know, on this recording is what, I know you, you have young kids, but when, once they're kind of like, I know, older and more independent, are you going to get back into acting? Cause you should. I, I would love to, I really would. I actually, actually called, I actually called a place uh, about six months ago, but they weren't quite fully open yet. They were still yeah. doing like virtual wow. auditions. And I was like, yes. eh. yeah, no. right. so, and that was the first time I'd actually, and I think you inspired me for that, Jeff, when we were connecting back in the fall, um, you had said something, I don't know. You just, you're under this hokey pokey, you know, idea that I was, you know, good at something and so I but I respect that in you because of, of who you are and and your and your background and your you know your experience in it so I said no maybe uh you know maybe I got something yeah. here and I just know I liked to do I really liked it I really enjoyed it yeah and so I I actually do yeah I would love it I'd love to look, look well I mean you're it. both you're both tremendous actresses and I I know you're both I, inside I know I was see I was just gonna say you're gonna roll your eyes or something you are there are people like um should i there are people have asked me before that directly like you think i should pursue acting i'm like i mean i'm glad you have fun with it you know (laughs) actually the worst the worst compliment i ever got was i was on stage somebody came to see it and afterwards they said what do you think they go you look like you were having fun up there so (laughs) you know you know Um, i will say jeff just to that point because i don't think we've talked about this and i not i'm not making this about me but i vividly remember I, Nikki, you can go and do a show. My son was, how old was Liam when you? Oh yeah, he was an infant. He might've been a couple of months old. And Jeff called me and said, I want to start, I want to do this show. And, and I was like, okay. And he was like, well, I want you to be in it. And I was like, what? I just had a baby. Like I haven't done a show since I was in the ensemble of Greece in high school. And he was like, no, I think you'd be really good. And he's like, let me just come over to read the script. And I'm like, read the script. So it was Brighton beach memoirs. And I, I remember sitting in our guest room on that, like we had like a, a bed and a oh, deck. Yeah. And I remember sitting in there and you're like, just read it. And I read it and you were like, 
Hostar is born, which wasn't, but that's awesome. Yes, it's true. No, so Nikki, he he knows he must know what he's talking about because that went off pretty well. But well, I mean, he had to fight for me when I auditioned for Gaslight. I I had just come off of another production before there was another director in the in the college before Jeff and um, Mary Rose was t- had taken yeah. over, so I thought I was kind of a shoe in for the next production. But like when I showed up to auditions, you know, for Mr. Berg wasn't there anymore, and now these two jamokes were sitting there. I didn't know who they were, <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, I don't I don't have like the street cred that I had with this other production, and um, but I remember like I re- I don't know if I've ever told you this, Jack, but I remember yeah. knowing by the look in you, like the way that you were looking at me, that you saw something in me. Like- Oh, I did, but that's you know a different I mean? time. <laughs> I mean, no, you, you, I mean, you know the rest okay. of the story, so sure, but yes, but, but- But I mean- Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I almost didn't make that audition. You know, I was in the library, I had a, a big exam the next day or something like that. And somebody else had picked up a, a was picking up a, oh, yeah. a monologue or something to read, and I was whatever. like, "What are you yeah. doing?" Yeah. Oh. I didn't. I didn't almost didn't make that. I didn't know what was going on. I showed up last minute and waited outside the door for I don't even know how long. Thirty minutes for that audition. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that line, and and the reason why I remember. It, so I directed. You know, I'm not like I directed. You know, Citizen Kane since then. No, I'm saying that I directed a lot of shows since that first show, and mm-hmm. um, and I've been blessed to do that, and. The fact is, you re- you know, oh, wow, that sounds gross, but you remember your first. And and so, um, you know, the fact is, I, rem- I literally remember where I was sitting. I literally remember the auditions. I literally remember that it was for this role. It was down to you and somebody that, you know, not surprisingly, because each role has, uh, you know, after a while you realize they, they kind of have a look the director's going for. And I was the director. And but also I, I was new too, you know, as a director. And Mary Rose was really overseeing mm-hmm. me. And um, so I remember like, you know, there were two for this role and two for the, and each person, each two looked pretty similar to each other. The look looked similar. And um, so I remember, you know, we went to Kaz Pizza and we were, um, and we were casting. And um, I, I remember that was my first time I actually dug in my heels on, on, on an actor, actress where, you know, half the people were like you half because it was a committee, right? And half yeah, the people sure. were you and half the people or the other person I remember the other person and um you know they said okay so we're going and I was like I was like no I totally disagree and this is why and and um I think it's because of the fact not only did that get you the role but also I think that's why she then turned over the reins to me as director because I was able to not just say yes 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 I was able right yeah so so yeah. it, benef- it really benefited me. That's what I'm trying to say. So <laughs> I really, I really helped you out is really what you're saying. That, that's, that's really <laughs> the story. No, but, but I mean, you know, I, I still remember that as such an amazing production. Like there used to be a videotape floating around of the behind the scenes of the making of Gaslight. And, like I, I totally lost it years ago, years ago, oh. but it was wonderful and it was great. And my, and, um, it was just like the way it was shot and the, I could see myself and you and others involved with that. It was, it was like we were literally launching Jurassic Park. It was like, it was like such a big thing for everybody. And, such a big and so, and so like, you know, that's why you need to do it, by the way. That's why you need no. to get back into acting. So, so John. here are some questions. 
If you could travel back in time, to, no, wait, first I got to, I always mess this up. If you could travel in time, would you go through to the past or the future? Ooh. And by the way, when we asked Julie last week, can you travel, you know, if you could travel in time, she said the past. And then we said, where? And she said, well, you mean somewhere in history? And we're like, no, that's the, that's the past. So, Man, that's a really good question because uh, it will launch me into a big conversation if I say the future because I, you know, I have my intuitions about that. So I feel yeah. like the past, I feel like the, the past, past is, is a good, and when would be like the 20s? Wow, great. That's, that's actually where I would go to. I like so, like I love the 1920s. Yes. <gasps> Everything about it. Yeah. Yeah completely completely grew there have you seen boardwalk empire by the way no okay well you got to watch it it's all about the 20 okay it's on okay. the list okay um if you could have coffee with anybody anybody like from history or now who would it be and why well i have a super girl crush right now on joanna Gaines. um Who's that? You know, the fixer upper Magnolia. Fixer upper, they now they out now they now own their own network. They're like Oprah oh, okay. now. Ah, um, okay. That's just the first person who pops into my head, um, just because I admire her. I admire her. I don't know. You have to watch the show long enough to really get to know her. But she is like, she has this career passion and this motherhood passion that she seems to balance like so so well and I, I aspire to that um and she's funny and she's really authentic like I get this idea that she is just exactly who you think she is and I love that about her um I would take notes if I said sat down and had, I mean I would like how do you do it you know how do you build an empire and you you don't even own a television for your kids I love that yeah. like she, yeah she has her own cooking show now and she's I mean yeah I, oh, I feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, she was I'm gonna the, check this out yeah she's like the woman that I would aspire to be to right now yeah she inspires you she inspires me for sure yeah got it got it um who would you say are the most three influential people in your life oh my husband's number one for sure uh in my whole life. Just remembering it's an audio podcast. Okay. Um, I would say my husband, yeah. my... A lot of people, I gotta be honest with you, there's, this, pa <clears throat> this pauses people every time we ask it. So you're not the first. I'd have to really, because I know, in, ask the question again. Close Who are the eyes. most three influential people in your life? Hmm. I might have to sit on that one. Okay, we'll circle back. Um, yeah. And then um, if you could, this is a little lighter. If you could, um, okay. if you could, if you had to eat one type of, um, cuisine whether it be like mexican chinese italian for the rest of your life what would it be 
Mediterranean. Really? Wow. Wow. That's my I, favorite I, type I, of food. I don't think I've ever heard that one. That's amazing. That's amazing. Chickpeas. And then, and yeah. then um, just, just thought off the top of my head, who are the three most influential people in your life? <laughs> oh, God. I have had so many. I'm sure. I mean, like we all, like I'm just imagining. Who, who how, are, I... who, how about this? I'll make it easier. Who are three influent? Who are three? Not the most. Who are three influential people in your life? Your husband. My husband is definitely one of them. Like I literally yeah. would not be even half as good of a person as I am without him. Um, I feel the same way. Only not about your husband. About mine. What? No. <laughs> um. I mean, I think kind of like my kids have to be in there because like my kids have completely changed my life. Like, Oh, I'm sure. They, they influence well, that, me every single day yeah. to like, you know, tighten up or, or be more fun or uh, you better learn this or, you know, be better at that. So um, I, I think you're supposed to say your parents, but. You know, as I've gotten older, they're probably not going to listen to this, so I'm, I'm okay with that. But uh, I think as I've gotten older, I think that there was a time in my early 20s where I just, ah, I kind of flew up and above some some lessons that they, thankfully, I'm grateful that they taught me up until then. But I just kind of took my own path, you know. Um, yeah. Jeff, you're probably in there. You're probably in oh, there wow. somewhere. Same, same. And and I, I gotta, I'm gonna say this. Um, hands down, you two, hands down, for sure. No question. No question. No question. I feel as though I'm in the way. Yeah, get out. So, um, (laughs) and then, and then, lastly, um, what do you want to be remembered for? Hopefully, it's not 200 years from now. Wait. Hopefully, it's not until 200 years from now. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, hopefully, it's not like 200 years from now. <laughs> no, hopefully, it's not for a long time. But think, what would you like you know, to be remembered for? I think my um, my kindness and my and my passion. Absolutely. Yeah. My Absolutely. My is that a, is that a common answer? The kindness thing. I feel like no, might no, no. Everybody, everybody has really. I would say this. I'm going to say this is the one thing I can. And Katie, correct me if I'm wrong, but when we ask um, the guys on our show, like, who are your three influence, most influential? Instantly, every one of them has said, "My father, my father, my father." And then the the women on our show have to think about it. You know, it's, it, that's what I, I just noticed that. Although I will the, say, I think if I remember correctly, I think my answer was exactly the same as yours, Nikki. I think I said my husband yep. and my kids. You did say that. Yeah. But also when I asked you Probably who would you like to sit down to have coffee All right. with. Okay. All right. Our listeners don't need to hear this again. <laughs> you said, what did you say? You said. I forget. Henry, David, oh, Henry I David Thoreau, who I was really inspired. And then you said in Britney Spears. Because I want to help her, Nikki. I just want to help her. It's not because no. I want to be her best friend. I want to help her. Talk about someone who I would love to like surround her with all of my healing friends. 
I agree. And just like she had more airtime on this podcast than anyone else. Brittany's here. <laughs> just calm her. Some, like if I could just give her some like turmeric and ginger and ashwagandha, <laughs> like like little pellets, like this little essential oils, just like calm her central and- nervous system. Just you know what I mean. When I see her, I would like I to. Do. I would like to surround her too. <laughs> I know I'm a dirty old man. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us. It has been an absolute pleasure. I actually, looking at the clock, this is our longest podcast, but that's there's a reason for that. Yeah, you win, girl. You win. <laughs> no, it's been a real pleasure too. So nice to meet you, Katie, and um, you. you two work really well together. I love this dynamic. I totally see it. I totally feel it. Um, much continued success with this and all the other you know, ventures that you two um, take on together. Thank you.